so we begin, Mother. Hello, Mother. Hi. This is the third episode of Talking Murder with My Mother podcast. And today, Mother, I have a very, very, what I think is a very, very sad story. It's maybe not as sad for other people. I have a good relationship with my grandparents, so to me, this story absolutely fucking sucks the bag. So we'll see what you think about it, Ma, when I tell you. So, happened the year you were born. Ooh, 1955. 1955. Summer of 1955. Yeah, I had a few months to go yet. Yep. And... I was still cooking in the oven. This poor, poor girl. So, August 25th, 1955, I find these four newspaper articles and... I'll start with the smallest one, I guess, and so you get an idea of what the hell we're talking about. Oh, my God. So, Texas City, Texas. A preliminary hearing is scheduled Thursday for Robert J. Wallace, 78 years old, who is charged with beating his blonde nine-year-old granddaughter to death with a ball-peen hammer because, you want to guess why? Oh, Please, no, I don't want to guess. Her singing kept him from taking a nap. Gosh darn it. These children that sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was also playing with crayons. I'll get to that in a little bit. Ooh. Crayons. Crayons, huh? Artistic on both ends. Musically Ugh. and artistically. Ridiculous. So... Wallace, charged with murder with malice, a forethought, was being held in the Texas City Jail... The victim, Frances Jean Wallace, died in her home Wednesday from numerous blows to the head with the heavy hammer. Mm. Her father, G.W. Wallace, was at work at the Texas City Refinery, and her mother was working at a supermarket when Frances was killed. Wallace had lived with his son and family for 14 years, was calmly rocking in a chair three or four feet away from the body when the police arrived. Wallace told Assistant District Archie Alexander that he was trying to take a nap, but Frances' singing kept him from going to sleep. Police said that she was sitting at a... I'm sorry. Yeah, no, police said she was sitting at a table coloring a paint book when she was attacked. The book was open and her colors were scattered about it. In a statement made to police, Wallace said that he went into the kitchen, drank a glass of milk, and got the three-quarter pound hammer from a toolbox. He said he returned to the living room and started hitting Frances on the head. She fell to the floor after several blows, and Wallace said that he dragged her body to the center of the room, quote... So I could get a full swing. I hit her in the head with a hammer about 20 times, he said. Francis' sister, Linda Faye Wallace, 13, was outside the house playing when she heard the commotion and ran into the house. When she saw her little sister lying on the floor, her head covered in blood, she ran screaming from the house and across the street to the home of the neighbor, Mrs. Gay Archer, and told her grandpa has hurt Francis. Mrs. Archer ran across, the, uh, across to the house and found the grandfather rocking in his chair near the body, and when she asked him what happened, he replied, Quote, nothing, I just killed her. The little girl's mother has to be, has had to be hospitalized for shock when she learned of the slaying. So, and again, I know you guys cannot see this, but here you go, Ma. There's the grandfather. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, what, what do you, what do you want to... What can you say? I mean, he yeah, looks like what, a... What can you say? I mean, you know, when you hear the story, 
you try to put the picture with the story and it just, um, you know, uh, most people, I guess, like me, uh, would say, what the heck were you thinking? So here's another picture and it says, quote, her singing got on my nerves. So there's the grandfather, there's a picture of the poor little girl. Oh my goodness. She's cute. Oh, um, the, the grandfather, though, looks uh, weird. Yeah, he looks weird, right? There's And again, I'll post this online um, when I put the Facebook. I mean, he's got these like wild eyes. And the Instagram up uh, email, by the way, for everybody is going to be. Oh my. Talking God. murder with my mother at gmail.com. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so you're looking at the picture, and he looks like a little bit of a wild old man, right? So yeah. that's the first newspaper article that has, talks about the murder. And then all of a sudden, I find three more and with a little more detail. So you've got the whole ball-peen hammer. She's, he's trying to take a nap. She's singing. She's coloring. Um, you know, the parents weren't home. The sister's the one who ran to the neighbor. So he went into the kitchen to go drink a glass of milk, got the hammer from the toolbox, like he said, and uh, he hits her, and the sister comes and, and gets her. In the, nothing, I just killed her. Nothing is wrong. The parents are obviously devastated. And so same, same thing. You know, she's singing. She's hollering, singing and hollering. That's another quote. Singing and hollering. I don't know what the... <sighs> Relatives say that the grandfather had been mentally depressed recently and had attempted suicide. So there's that. See, and, and, I, and, I, and I heard that in our last story, that, that last case where he kills... He also <laughs> kills the wife with the hammer on our second show. And it was like he was depressed... He was, because he was dying, because he had that incurable stomach, stomach ailment. ailment of some sort. And then he grabs a hammer, I guess, and, and killed his wife. We don't and know. And committed suicide. Right. We don't know. So this this is like basically along the same lines. He's well, depressed. He's not. Well, no, this guy's suicidal, apparently, because then I find this one and it says, oh, here's, here's a picture of the ball peen hammer. And I'll put that online, too. There's. I know what a ball ping yeah, hammer looks like. Yeah, but that's the like. one that, that's the one. Yeah, I know what a ball ping hammer So, from like. the newspaper, yeah. and this is from, just so everybody knows, it's from the Galveston Daily News from August 25th, 1955, and it says, TC man, Texas City man, admits beating granddaughter to death. Robert Wallace says, the girl made too much noise. She's fucking nine, well, man. Uh, let, let me, let me uh, just interject something um i mean shit my next door neighbors have kids who make a lot of noise that doesn't mean i'm going to take a ball peen hammer to their heads you know you could have a few expletives i guess and you know say you know all the nice little words you can say when you know they're acting up and and whatever and making too much noise for you you know you're trying to read or you're trying to do something in some kind of silence but um i have to say though um on a personal note that when people are depressed, sometimes noise of any kind, even if it's like a little bit of noise, seems to get them riled. riled. Up. Yeah, and I know this from from uh, from personal um, stuff, which I'm not going to get into. Um, not not my own, like put it that way. But 
um, someone close enough uh, in in our family that um, yeah they were depressed and um, any kind of childish prattle like banter or you know whatever kids playing really just being kids I, I'm not even talking about being loud and obnoxious but just just that sound for some reason seems um, to to get them you know all worked up and so um, when you said that um, it, it kind of came back to, to you know to my head and I said oh that's interesting well Robert didn't like it I can I can relate I can relate um, so so yeah um, I mean not what he did obviously with with that thought and and carried it out but I, I find that that is a true at least in one case where like I said I, I know from personal knowledge that that kind of bothers them so not that that's an excuse I'm just saying that that's that's what well, it is clearly mentally ill obviously if he's well I mean if he's depressed I mean we're already going into that well he's tried to kill himself well there it says he'd attempted suicide so I find this and it says 70 year old Texas City man charged with murder Wednesday after he told the police he beat his nine-year-old granddaughter to death with a mechanics hammer because she was making too much noise while he was trying to sleep in the afternoon and he smashed the skull of his granddaughter with the three-quarter ball peen hammer uh, Wallace home 1108 uh, 2nd Avenue South Alexander said Wallace told him he was lying in his room on Wednesday about 3:30 p.m. trying to take a nap when he got up to the kitchen to go get that glass of milk and he said Francis Jean was singing and hollering when she was at the dining room table in an alcove adjoining the kitchen sharpening her crayons Wallace told Alexander that he suddenly took the hammer from the kitchen where it was regularly kept and went into the alcove he said the girl apparently didn't know he was in the room he told Alexander he hit her once in the center of the forehead and she slumped onto the table and then down in the chair Wallace related he pulled the chair back so he could get a better swing at the little girl with the hammer and then hit her several times several more times on the head the grandfather told Alexander that the girl never even made a sound Wallace said he then took the hammer back to the kitchen sat down in the chair near Francis's body to wait until another granddaughter came home he stated that the other granddaughter who had been playing outside with some neighborhood children came home she looked in through the door saw her sister's body lying on the floor she ran screaming to a neighbor's house and the neighbor came back and that's when he told the neighbor I just killed her basically okay oh, so he cracked her skull like a walnut pretty much yeah Mm -hmm. uh, the little girl apparently was dead from the hammer blows which pulverized the back of her skull yeah there you go blood and bits of flesh had splattered onto the dining room alcove and parts of the adjoining living room police said that Wallace calmly admitted he had hit the girl about about 20 times with the hammer the open coloring book was still lying with the crayons both of the girl's parents were at work of course and oh my god father is employed at the American Oil Company the slain girl's father is an adopted son of the accused man. Doesn't who resided doesn't change the dynamic. No, who resided with the Wallace family in their modest four-room apartment. Yeah. Members of the family reported that the elder Wallace seemed very fond of his grandchildren and that they seemed fond of him. But one family member, one member of the family said the elder Wallace had apparently been suffering from fits of mental depression for some time and had attempted several attempted suicide several times recently. 
The children's mother reportedly had warned the two Wallace children that if they ever saw their elderly grandfather behaving strangely, to run away. Yeah. Well, uh, a day late and a dollar short. Some family members had wanted to have the elder Wallace committed to an institution, according to one family member, who said that all of the family would not agree to this. And that's like putting, like an ostrich, putting your head in the sand. And unfortunately, that's the stigma, of course. Yeah. So With so, mental illness, even to this day, even to this day when we're supposed to be so, you know... Um, their mother is telling them if he starts acting weird, run away. Well, that's what I'm, but that's what I'm saying. I, I think, and, but again, and family members saying they don't want to do that. And that's the stigma, unfortunately, that causes so many issues. The stigma of having some kind of mental issue. It's, it's like anything else. If you have, you know, any other kind of illness, you take care of it. You go to a doctor, you take care of it. And unfortunately, that stigma to this day still... This man is not well. Listen to this. This man is not well, Mom. Listen to this. Wallace is supposed to have taken rat poison, strychnine, and household bleach to try and kill himself in separate recent attempts to poison himself. He obviously didn't, didn't exactly succeed, did Okay, he? no. Members of the family said Wallace's most recent attempt on his life was about two weeks ago. In one suicide attempt several months ago, Wallace reportedly took rat poison and walked several blocks to his home before collapsing in convulsions. He was rushed to the Texas City Hospital where the rat poison was pumped from his stomach. Ambulance, ambulance attendants who picked up the girl's body and investigating officers were shocked by the brutality of the bludgeoning. Could any of that stuff that he have taken, apart from the depression... Because I don't know if there's anyone out there who, who does and could, could you know... Um, I mean, shit, we're us, also talking about rat poison, strychnine, yeah, like and give, give us a bleach heads, from 1955. So. Yeah, give us a heads up if somebody knows if that would have affected his... Um, brain? His brain, you know, the way his, his thought process worked. Um, I'm just, you know, playing devil's advocate. Um, could that have, have affected his, you know... Obviously, the fact that he had tried to kill himself that many times, that in and of itself. The cops know him! Mom, Chief Beard said it was his most gruesome experience in all his years on the police force finding the little girl. As ambulance attendants said, he had taken the accused man to the hospital after one of his alleged suicide attempts. So this guy, the cop already knew him. And had considered him, quote, just a mild-mannered old man. Well, I'm just saying the fact that he was depressed, you know, just because you're depressed doesn't mean you're going to go kill someone. No. Nope. Um, exactly my point. And generally, that's not but what happens. something but had to have happened in the house where the mother is telling the grandkids, the, her kids, well, if I, Grandpa started acting weird, just run away. Well, I think the fact that he had tried to kill himself already, that in and well, of then itself. I, oh, my God. Okay. Me, I'm, just, I'm just wondering if somebody out there knows whether any of these products, and I'm guessing, I'm guessing they must alter something. I don't know. Uh, these, are, these are not things that you're meant to ingest. Uh, if somebody out there knows, did that Please let us it? know. Email us. Yeah, absolutely. Talkingmurderwithmymother at gmail.com, please. Um, so it says autopsy today. Meanwhile, the body of the little girl who celebrated her ninth birthday on August so first, so she had literally just, I mean, she was still in her birthday month, uh, had been taken to the, oh, this is a little bit weird, Emkin, ooh, ooh, and it's kind of, Emkin Linton Funeral Home in Texas City where an autopsy is scheduled for Thursday morning. In addition to the 
Oh, see, and this gets all like wobbly in this newspaper article. Uh, in addition to the sister, the parents, the grandfather, they're talking. They're just talking about relatives. That's a few relatives. That's that's basically that day. So that the August twenty fifth, when everybody found out about it. So that's what happened. He uh, killed his friggin' nine year old granddaughter. So then it's five days later. And it says, no bond for Wallace. Surprise, surprise. No bond. And it says, he was bound over to the grand jury on Monday, ordered held without bond. He appeared before the Justice of the Peace, J.P. Reddle, in Texas City and seemed to be incognizant of what was happening. When asked by the judge if he pleaded guilty to wielding blows with a hammer on the head of his granddaughter, he stood motionless and said nothing. So... Assistant District Attorney explains to Wallace he could have a full hearing at Monday's court session or waive it. So Wallace indicates he doesn't want to be heard and then says to Baker, so what's going to happen now? Baker tells him he's going to be returned to the county jail and the elderly man sits down in the bench again motionless and he got sent back to the county jail. And the murdered child's parents, Mr. and Mrs. Glenn Wallace, were not present in court nor did the elderly man have an attorney to represent him, which I don't understand. Um, usually you can, I mean, you get counsel either way even if it's if even if it's garbage yeah and he uh, you you get you get an attorney he I didn't mean, i unless he said he wanted to and again if he's not he's mentally, mentally ill he, he he can't he can't be his own lawyer yeah he's not allowed so baker said wallace looked haggard and appeared to be quote-unquote in a fog he said he'd been told by jail officials the accused man appears to have lost between 10 to 15 pounds, and he already looked awful to begin with, right, Ma? Yeah, he looked uh, skeletal, yeah. Like a skelt. Uh, since he was brought there Wednesday after the tragedy. I don't know what that noise was. Some people upstairs, apparently. Yeah, scritchy uh, scratching. There you that. go. I hear it uh, at night. Great. <laughs> Creepy. It, yeah, um, but don't you keep telling me to put the lock on the door because there's... Put the chain on the door because there's always rapists. Even if you live in a 55-plus community, people, I'm telling you now. Uh, the assistant district attorney said Wallace will be examined by psychiatrists this week to determine whether he was sane at the time of the killing. I mean... And again, okay. that, that word, it's... it's I, I, I just... I always sane. have issues with that word. You know, we're going we're gonna to say that... You know the the defendant is is in, was insane. Well, at the that's time. how it was back then. It was it's either you like, were sane or insane. So it's like look, look. It says, "quote If the psychiatrist find that he was insane, he probably will have a sanity hearing before a twelve man jury sometime in October. If the jury finds him to be of unsound mind, he will be commuted to a state mental hospital." So after the bludgeoned body of the child was found in the Wallace home, Wallace said that he had hit her several times with the hammer because of her prattle, disturbing him. I love that word. Prattle. Mm. Yeah. Excuse me. And it says a psychiatric examination will be made on Ellis Euclid Lathan Jr. Oh, God. Confessed killer of three members of the Dickinson family who's also getting a, san in, in, a sanity hearing along with this old man. This guy killed three members of another family. So we got insanity hearings all around here. Okay. So that is his. Yeah, right now with the insanity thing, you sounded like the Marx Brothers. <laughs> so. Oh my God! You sounded what? Well, what is it? The, they they do this whole spiel somewhere along the line. There's some kind of insanity. Yeah, thing I'm going gonna on. have to find it. The insanity clause. The insanity clause. Oh, there's no sanity clause. Listen, there is no sanity clause. Um. So then it says he's indicted for murder. So obviously there must have been a sanity clause. It says one of the 34 indictments, the October grand jury. 
Oh, what date is it? I'm sorry. November 16th. So the day before <gasps> right your before, birthday. Right before my birthday. The day before my mother's birthday. So there's 34 indictments in the grand jury. And after returning the indictments, um, he's in the Galveston County Jail. He's 70. Hold on, 34 indictments, so 34 different people? Or are we talking he was indicted 34 times? It, no, that day. And mm. he went, he, he got indicted and he went to the Galveston County Jail. Okay. Back to the jail. And he's going to be tried in December. So it's got all of this, you know, court names and defendants and all that good stuff. And it says the defendants include Miller, Dennis. These are all, these are all the people in custody. So then it goes on and on and on about all the people in custody and all the 34 indictments of all the people. And it's all. But again, it when you start looking at him, it says the 34 indictments. So he's included this old man in them, right? You got all the names of all the people and everything, and I, w- I won't name them all, but it says in them the following offenses included in the 34. You got rape. Uh, one count of rape. Manufacturing of a narcotic drug. Two of those. <laughs> you got robbery by firearms. Passing a worthless check. Four acts of felony theft. Possession of narcotics. Paraf- pa- possession of n- paraphernalia. You got... Uh, I, I'm guessing drug paraphernalia. Yeah. What else? Well, porn, I guess. Embezzlement, burglary of a railroad car. Specific. (laughs) Specific. Two. Two of those. Burglary, 12. Assault with intent to murder. And then, of course, that that got cut off because I wasn't trying to keep on with that article. But there are two murders, and he's one of them. And the other one is that Dickinson guy. The guy guy who killed the Dickinson family, who was also getting a sanity hearing. So <laughs> here we go with the sanity clause again. Yeah. So he's 78 and this is what's happening to him. And so it says TC murder suspect in the hospital, December 8th, a 78 year old Texas city man who was charged with the hammer murder of his nine year old granddaughter is undergoing treatment at St. Mary's infirmary. Dr. E.S. McClarty County health officer stated Wednesday that Robert Wallace has been suffering from the hardening of the arteries and has been refusing to eat. He has been put in the infirmary so that he can be given vitamins. If he does not improve, he will have to be put into an institution, says the county health officer. Wallace is charged with the murder of young Frances Jean Wallace at her Texas City home last August 24th. The doctor says that Wallace will be examined by psychiatrist while in St. Mary's. Uh, D.A. Marcin Johnson Jr. stated that if the psychiatrist pronounced Wallace insane, he will be given a sanity hearing in district court, and if found insane, he will be committed to the mental institution. So, So that's December of 55. And then we have January of 56, and it says, Man is charged with murder, ruled insane. You're kidding. He is insane. The 12 jurors, six men and six women, required only 14 minutes deliberation to agree on a verdict finding John Robert, Robert John Wallace. And these people were who? Experts? No, they're six men and six women. So they have no gosh Experts. No fucking jury person is really an expert, I don't think, but... Uh, you would think that you would want mental experts to do these This is things. 1956. Yeah, no, no, not even today. Never mind. So hold on. It took them 14 minutes to deliberate, to agree on a verdict, finding John Robert Wallace not guilty. Not, oh wait, not only insane at the time, but also insane at the present time. So he wasn't just like, uh, what is it called? Um, Oh, yeah. Ah, Christ on a cross. What do you call it? Temporary insanity, right? No, he's still insane now, says the jury. Refused to eat. 
Wallace was ordered removed from the county jail to the infirmary by the doctor when he refused to eat any food. And in the courtroom, Wallace stared at the ceiling, Again, occasionally raising his head off the pillow, just because around. He just because he didn't want to eat doesn't mean you're insane. He appeared oblivious to what was going on during the two-hour hearing. Well, this is during the hearing. Psychiatrists saw him in the institution. Who was it that, that, that mafia boss... That would go around in his bathrobe and slippers. Oh, that's and um, pretend and pretend to be uh, Looney Tunes, uh, just just so that he wouldn't go to prison. Like again, another one that wanted to pretend to be insane. I'm not saying this guy wasn't insane. I'm saying the fact that he wasn't eating doesn't make him insane. No, well, and staring off into space does not make him insane. No, well, this is what it says. Doctor, it's funny that that's the next part of the the article. Dr. McClarty, his son, Dr. Ewing Sinks McClarty Jr., and Texas Chief of Police, Chief O.C. Beard, expressed the opinion that Wallace was insane at the time of the killing of his granddaughter and is insane now. The two doctors testified that Wallace is suffering from generalized arterial sclerosis or hardening of the arteries what is that got to which do has caused listen to this shit this is 1956 that's why this drives me fucking bonkers are you ready for this shit i'm ready this doctor and his son and the police chief no the doctors at this point testify wallace is suffering from generalized arterial sclerosis okay which has caused a degeneration of his brain i think that's a bunch of horseshit. Of course it's a bunch of horseshit. How can... So anyone, anyone out there of the listeners or anyone else, tell me. Do I, we have a doctor in the house? I haven't been to medical school, but I'm pretty goddamn sure that arteriosclerosis has nothing to do with your fucking brain. And if we're wrong... Tell us. Yes. Because I have no problem being told that I'm wrong. But please, someone show me where arteriosclerosis, which is a fucking hardening of your arteries, has anything to do... I mean, unless maybe it's blood flow to the brain. I mean, barring that it's that. I mean, that's the only thing that would even make... No, I did not look this up. Normally, I would look this up because I've gone to funeral school and that kind of shit. I've seen it when I've opened up bodies, the arteries, you know, and you open them and you're looking at them and the way they feel. and That's like cement. It's as opposed to a rubbery texture. Yeah. It's like it's, you got cement going through them. Yeah, and then when you open them, I mean, you're looking at the stuff inside and you're like, well, that's nice. You know, it's... It, I'm just wondering if... if that's the the heart isn't pumping or the you know the arteries are not pumping properly would that cut off the flow of oxygen to the brain but then that's not arterial i mean i don't know maybe the arteries in the brain arteries in the brain i mean that doesn't make any somebody tell me somebody is there a doctor in the house yeah somebody tell us because seriously and then it says wallace has psychotic episodes and schizophrenic tendencies and at times has hallucinations that bugs are crawling all over him. I've seen that because I, I worked as a secretary in a psych ward and there was a patient, uh, this 40-year-old woman, who would constantly be saying that there was bugs. Bugs. Everywhere slithering bugs. on, and she was uh, a schizophrenic. And she would constantly be saying, but don't you see them? Don't you see them? Don't you see them? And it's like, you know, when you're brand new at being, number one, working in a hospital, number two, your first job working in the hospital is you're a secretary in a psych ward. Uh, I mean, barring that you're a medical person and have worked in, you know, or had... It's weird. ...some kind of internship in, 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 in a psychiatric unit, it's like, you know, you're going, what? 
what is this woman talking about? There are but, no bugs. But, but, I mean, but she thinks, the, she, she sees the bugs. Absolutely she sees the bugs. Of course she sees the bugs. I mean, the, the fear in the eyes of, there are things crawling on her. So, I mean, again, if that's part of the diagnosis, then, you know. That's, what, that's what the doctor and his son are saying, okay? Mm. And then it says, Dr. McClarty Jr. expressed the belief that Wallace should be confined to a mental institution while McClarty Sr. asked if he believes that Wallace was insane at the time his granddaughter was beaten to death, said, quote, frankly, I don't believe that he knew what he was doing. Chief Beard talked, said he talked to Wallace an hour after the murder and that Wallace did not seem to understand his questions. He expressed the opinion that Wallace at the time did not know the difference between right and wrong and was unable to realize the, cons- the consequence of his actions. Okay, so... The district attorney closes his arguments, telling the jury basically that he believes that Wallace is insane. Mrs. Ann Royer, 4924, Crockett jury foreman, hands the verdict to Judge Markey, stating that he's insane. The motion for a sanity hearing was filed. They gave him defense counsel. And then they name off the jurors. So that is January 17th, 1956. Then I cannot find anything else on this man. Okay? So now it's 1956 January. And then it comes up that I find... I can't find anything else that tells me... I can't find a death certificate, nothing like that. But then I find this little... This little... These blurbs from the paper at the time, and it says... According to the family members, Wallace had been suffering from depression and the effects of what doctors call senile changes for a while. Some of the family members wanted him committed, but not everybody would agree to it. Frances Jean's parents had warned her and her sister to run if their grandfather ever started acting strangely, but up until that point, he'd only tried to harm himself, attempting suicide several times in the months preceding the murders. Family members said that he loved the little girls, a claim that he repeated to McLeod when she visited him later in the hospital. He said he didn't know what came over him and several months later didn't seem to understand what he had done. Mourners packed the little girl's funeral. Quote, from out of great sorrow can come good if people permit it, said the Reverend Finnis Williams, pastor of the First Baptist Church. That evening at the family's home, McLeod approached the devastated parents, Glenn and Thelma, who had retreated to their bedroom. Glenn had taken a sedative but could not sleep. His wife perched on the edge of the bed, biting her trembling lip to keep from bursting into tears. He has two big hurts. And he can't talk about them now. Maybe later, maybe never, she said of her husband. Because you got to figure, right? This guy's fucking dad just killed his daughter, right? Um, I'm just wondering, because they said they had, he had this weird um, stuff going on. I mean, dementia sometimes. Yeah. I mean, senile um, changes is what they call yeah, it. Yeah, because if he had dementia, um, sometimes people um, do... Get aggressive. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And I, I've seen that mm-hmm. up close and personal uh, on the floor I am right now. Uh, and, and you know, it's I, I think a lot of times it's their frustration at being, you know, told not to do certain things or, you know, to sit back and relax or to sit and eat. And, and that's not what they want to do at the time. They And they don't understand. It's like toddlers. Yeah, they don't understand. It's like, you know, exactly. It's like a three or four-year-old and you say, stop doing that. You know, stop banging on the table or stop doing that. And for them, they, they've regressed to that. And so if maybe he had some dementia as well, add that on to the powder keg and kaboom. And 
you know, again, it was 1956. I mean, uh, who knows? Who knows? I, I, I feel so bad for this family. And then, and then it says, after the paper notes a scheduled sanity hearing for Wallace on January 16th, which is the one that I read there on January 17th before. And it says that the paper noted the scheduled sanity hearing but never reported the outcome, right? Well, obviously he didn't go to jail. Right, because I just said I couldn't find a newspaper article after that. Well, obviously he didn't. They said he was insane, so he was not going to go to jail. He was not going to go to jail. So it says, however, the obituary appeared in the papers on February 13th of 1957. Noting his place of death as Rusk, Texas, which is home to the state's mental hospital. Mm. And then here, I found this little blurb by some guy that had a blog. And it says, Robert's recorded life following uh, the, the murder is patchy. On August 30th, he waived his preliminary hearing. In November of 55, he was indicted. In December, he was admitted to the hospital for the hardened arteries. The death certificate... For a John Robert Wallace, who was the same age as Robert J. Wallace, buried in the same cemetery as Francis, and that date is February 2nd. This other thing says February 13th appeared the obituary in the paper. Um, And this says the death certificate mentions the diseased, uh, the deceased suffered from chronic brain syndrome. I don't know what the fuck that is. Associated with cerebral arthritis. Arterial sclerosis with psychotic reaction. So appears to be the murderer in question. If he spent his final days in a hospital or prison, I do not know. It says in this blog posting. But of course, he was most likely in the institution. Because Rusk is where the mental state hospital is. Or was. And then it says... While the memory of Wallace's horrific crimes may have faded, the need it exposed did not. Five months after the Wallace murder, the Moody Foundation announced plans for a retirement home, the county's first. The facility had been a dream of W.L. Moody Jr., according to his daughter, but it would take another six years before it became a reality. So they took the Buccaneer Hotel in Texas and... It, converted it, it to... looked yeah there's a picture of it here in 1929 and it says in July of 58 the foundation bought 31 acres from the federal government sale of the Fort Crockett property and they intended to build a retirement home but those plans never materialized so instead the foundation gave the old Buccaneer Hotel on Seward Boulevard to the Texas Methodist Conference and they turned it into what is now then known as the Moody House and eventually it became known as the Edgewater Retirement Community. And it held the elderly of Galveston until 1998. And then they couldn't really restore it. So they bought a new facility at Seawell Boulevard and 23rd Street. And they demolished the Buccaneer Hotel, which had been the Moody House. Mm. So they did not have this type of facility that I'm talking about, apparently. Uh, assisted living facility retirement home. Again, we're talking about 1956, 1957, 1955. These are not places that... And we're talking about Texas City, Texas, right? In 1955. I'm not surprised they didn't have anything to take care of these people. And you're absolutely right, Mom. You didn't put your family members, no matter how nuts, you you didn't admit it or you didn't 
even if the town knew it, you didn't put them away, usually. No, it, it, it was almost a, a stigma that you didn't take care of your family, that you couldn't handle taking care of your elderly family members at home. Right. I mean, it existed even with my own grandparents. My my grandfather um, were, were originally from Spain, and it was part of your responsibility, responsibility, part of your duty to take care of your elderly parents, grandparents. And so my, my grandfather uh, stayed at the house until he passed away and, um, on my father's side, and my grandmother on my father's side uh, only um, was put in a hospital and then passed away there because they, you know, she had some medical issues. Too sick. And there was no way that that could be taken care of at home. Um, they amputated one of her legs, and then there was no way that any of... In her uh, 90s, getting around with one leg, that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, she was 92 uh, when she passed away. But my great-grandmother on my grandfather's side was 96 when she passed away, and she passed away at home. Uh, she did not go to any home, and it was the family who took turns uh, taking care of her. My first cousin... Uh, to this day, right now, my dad's eldest sister is 93, if I'm not mistaken, and her daughter is the basically the sole caretaker, caretaker. of my 93-year-old aunt. And, and she used to take care of her aunt. And she took care of her aunt. She took care of uh, her grandfather and her kids and her grandkids. And it's, it's like, and again, to this day, I, you know, it, it's, and I mean, it's not a stigma or anything, but, um, you take we, care of your we, own. We take, we take care of our own. And, uh, you know, again, um, there's certain things that some people don't think that way. Some people don't no. care. Some people don't have those relationships with their family, but or, if you do, or financially they can't, they, they, they cannot stop working to be able to, to, to take on that kind of responsibility. Because sometimes, you know, I, I, I look at it and I say, well, you know, some of these patients are at the hospital and they've been there for months. And, and then I go, where, where in God's name are the, their daughter, their son, their grandchildren? And unfortunately, in this day and age, it's not like, you know, in the good old days where, you know, your family pretty much stayed in the same area. I mean, people go to live... Across the world. Across the world, uh, other states, uh other provinces, uh, other countries. And so, you know, when you have still a family that you have to take care of, you can't give that up and, and become your parents or your grandparents' caretakers. And nope. so we, you know, unfortunately, as much as our heart would want to do it, our pockets can't. So nope. it's unfortunate, but that's the way life is. That's right. Yep. Hell, like right now, like we mentioned in the last podcast, I don't live in Montreal anymore. Now I live in South Florida. And my whole family lives up there. My dad's side of the family, some of them live here. But my mom's side of the family, all of them live up there and or in Spain. And, or, I mean, my sister's in another part of Canada, but whatever. They're all up there. And I'm down here. And I just got to deal with it. It is what it is. It fucking sucks. But I deal with it. And you see each other when you can. And then you do podcasts like we're doing right now. Yeah. Um, so the last two bits of thing that I have on Francis Jean. Again, tried to find... The sister and, and things like that today, because I figured her sister would be just a little, maybe a little older than you, like a decade older than you, really, because she was like 13. Um, yeah, that would make her in her 70s, mid-70s. But I can't find her, so I'm hoping that one of these alerts pops up at some point that tells me it's her, because I'm assuming she got married and changed her name and all that good stuff. 
But I did find the Texas Department of Health Bureau of Vital Statistics Certificate of Death for Frances Jean Wallace. And it says her date of birth, August 1st, 1946. Date of death, August 24th, 1955. Nine years old, 29 days. And it says the father is Glenn Wallace. The mother is Velma Sparks. Okay. In one of the newspaper articles, it said her name was Thelma. But it's really Velma, and it says multiple skull fractures is the cause of death, and then there's post-mortem skull fractures, because you got to figure, right? The first couple of times he hit her in the head as hard as possible, he killed her then. He probably killed her with the first... Probably. And then, so he hit her 20 times, he admits, approximately. So he, post-mortem and multiple skull fraction... A skull fracture to kill her, and then postmortem skull fractures after the fact. And then, you know, it's all signed by the coroner and all that shit. And then, I couldn't find anything on the sister, couldn't find anything on the mother, and then I find the father, and it says 1971, is that correct? Yeah, July 14th, 1971. So, she died in 55, now we're in 71, and it says Galveston County Memorial Hospital, Texas City, Texas, 45 years old, Glenn Woodrow Wallace, which is the father, dies, and he works for still the American Oil Company, still working there, and, and there's something here, and that's, it's crazy, the writing is so small, but it's got his social and all that stuff, and then it says, cause of death, bronchopneumonia with fatty metamorphosis of the liver. And then it says, informant. So he died of pneumonia. Bronchopneumonia bronco, bronco with fatty metamorphosis of the liver. Fatty liver, I mean, we don't have a picture of him. I don't know what the hell he was eating or whatnot. But it says informant on the um, death certificate. And it says the informant is Velma Holly, former wife to the deceased. So they got divorced somewhere. After this little girl died. And she became, she went from being Velma Sparks to when she was married to him, Velma Wallace, to at the time of his death being Velma Holly. I mean, they still share a daughter, right? Well, that, so, we, know, that we know of. Right. I mean, at that, I, I didn't. We don't know if she. I hope she didn't pass away in. We don't know. Between 55 and 71. I hope not, but I found the father's death, so he didn't live too much longer. And God knows, he was probably drinking and shit. Who knows? Again, yeah. assuming but these these kind of things. You know, your kid gets murdered by your own father. It's like these kind of things. Either one of two things. So fucking depressing, people. I'm so sorry. It either puts you closer together, or it drives a humongous wedge. And most of the time, it drives the wedge. It drives the wedge. And it's awful. How do you even like go on living your life? I don't even have kids, and it's like, how do you? But I'm 40. I can imagine what it's like to have kids, and I see my friends with their kids and my younger cousins, and it's like, really? I can't imagine them just, somebody just wiping them off the planet in a horrible fashion like that. It's like, so it's a very sad story. I don't like to do child stories, and I guess I should have kind of put in a disclaimer of that it was a child in there. Sorry, too late. Um, maybe I'll put it in beforehand just as a afterthought now that I'm, we're talking about it. But yeah, it's very sad. Never want to hear about 
mental illness or that stuff happening with mental illness of killing your own family member. Because we know, and I'm not gonna, we're not going to say his, their name, um, but we know somebody who is paranoid schizophrenic and killed their parents. Yes. Remember? Yes. And killed their parents and then killed himself yes. when they gave him the proper medication and he realized what he did. Um, and I don't know how you can kill yourself when you're on a suicide watch. Well, I do know. I, the I, cops, I, I, the I, cops I, don't watch you. They yeah, let you. I, I think the honest truth was they weren't really... They, they weren't they worried weren't really, about him killing himself because it was just one just, less scumbag in their eyes, I guess. But this guy was a nice guy and he just happened to be a paranoid schizophrenic and he murdered his parents in a not... Ah, oh, shit. I don't even want to go into the way he did it. He did not do it in a fucking good way. And he killed one of his there parents. There is no good way. He killed one of his parents upstairs in the house, one of the parents downstairs in the house, and the brother is the only sibling still alive who wasn't living in the home at the time. And it's like, this family is destroyed forever. And who knows what happened to the Wallace family. There, it sounds like they got destroyed a little bit. Obviously, the parents got divorced. Who knows? I can't find the, the other kid. I will, um, eventually. And I'll update you guys on that one. But... That's Francis Jean Wallace, and uh, sadly, I had to bring a sad story today, Ma. Sorry about the child murder. It's um, part of life, I guess. Yeah, it's unfortunate that, um, that you know, it's... Um, Not too many laughs when there's child murder. Not that there yeah. should be, but, no. you know, usually we like to have a few laughs in there no, or but poke I'm, fun, I'm, but... I'm hoping that, uh, that people have the conversation, you know, about mental illness. I mean, we talked a little bit about it yesterday, and... Uh, on our last podcast, and uh, I hope people have discussions like this. I, I, I hope people, you know, have their eyes opened, and, and if they see something that's off, you know, uh, attend to it, like they would if you, you know, uh, cut your leg, or, you know, uh, had the flu, or you attend to these things, you take care of them, and so please be good to your family and your friends. Keep an eye out. Uh, it's important. Um, Learn more about it if you don't know too much about it. Exactly. Have your get get yourself informed. Have conversations with people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that conversation has to be out there. Don't judge the person with the mental illness. They don't know what that. It's, they have no control. That's over the that. word. It's an illness. Um, and uh, my last words: be good to each other. That's right. All right. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye, everybody. Bye.